0: On tonight's late night edition of The Playgrounder, me and Rob Shaw review the games of tonight. Game 1 of Miami-Boston and Game 7 of Denver-L.A. Two fantastic games. It was a great night of hoops. We actually start off with Denver-L.A. Game 7. Yeah, we talk about what we saw. We talk about what happened. It's uh, it's late. This is a short intro. Subscribe to the pod and uh, let's get it. So I tweeted out this morning like before both of these games started that I wasn't sure which I preferred between getting that fully anticipated L.A. L.A. series or wanting to see the Clippers go around too. because I have grown to despise this team. Where did uh, where did you stand the like, kind of heading into into this game? Were you like hoping for either side or were you just wanting a good game?
1: I feel like the basketball world as a whole has just been rooting for Clippers-Lakers to happen all 2020. (laughs) So, and I called my brother and he goes, well, it's 2020. We should have known that wasn't on the agenda, man.
0: (laughs) Whatever we think is about to happen doesn't, man. It's not. It's it was past rooting, like literally from day one, from the moment Kawhi signed and PJ got traded, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, we're about to get LA versus LA, seven games in Staples," and obviously what happened in the bubble now, but people were still expecting LA versus LA. No matter how many hints this Clippers team gave us that they were fraudulent, and I mean they showed it, and.
1: What a perfect word, fraudulent.
0: How uh, how hard does Kawhi regret his decision right now?
1: I don't know. He's really a different dude. I think he regrets that he picked Paul George because Paul George has just shown us that like Walmart KD isn't KD.
0: Yeah, this guy uh. This guy, what what did I call him? Was it Paul George that I called him? Walmart Harrison Barnes? <laughs>
1: Walmart Harrison Barnes. That,
0: in was, the <laughs> chat. that was round one. Oh, man. But I mean, Kawhi himself didn't play good tonight either. Six of 22 and then four of 16 for PG. Like the two of them just stunk it up and absolutely got dismantled by a 23 year old Canadian named Jamal Murray who dropped 40 for like his, what, Jamal like third or fourth goes- time this postseason?
1: He had a 40-burger, and it's not – I don't even think it's debatable to say he wasn't the best player on his team tonight. No, he wasn't.
0: Jokic dominated the game by going 5-for-13. And Jeff Van Gundy said that at the end. Jokic went 5-for-13 and dominated that game.
1: Can you imagine having a 40-burger and, like, it's not even a discussion that you were the second-best player on your team tonight?
0: Yeah, I mean, realistically, like, I, I know that, like – what you're trying to say but he's probably happy about it like the fact that he can put up 40 and still be the second best player like that just proves how good this duo is
1: no no no, no. oh I'm sure he's ecstatic and they yeah. seem to really genuinely enjoy playing with each other they're they're an odd couple but it works because Murray's like point guard size but I wouldn't call him a traditional point guard so yeah. like the marriage of him and Jokic works
0: Yeah, and they run that pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop, just that screen game to perfection. And with how Jamal Murray went on a solo run in the second to bring the Nuggets right back into it because it was looking in the second quarter again like the Nuggets were going to pull... I mean, the Clippers were going to pull away, but uh, Jamal Murray basically single-handed had that second-quarter run, and that just put... The Clippers defense in shambles for the rest of the game because they had no idea what to do on them. Do we double them? Do we trap them? They were leaving people open. They were losing men in transition like they were all over the place a mess. So uh, one of the things I noticed was.
1: Jamal Murray, not only did he get shots up, but him and Jokic dominated the ball the way you want your best two players to do it. I can't say that for the Clippers. Like, uh, deep in the third quarter, Paul George only had 10 shot attempts. And I know it's not all about shot attempts, but I just want my best players with the ball more frequently in the higher state games. And I just felt like they weren't really involved. Not involved is the wrong word, but I felt like it was a very equal share of the rock tonight.
0: It was like the most un- Team team basketball I've ever seen. Like it was just like five six seven guys just taking turn, turns turns isoing like equal turns, but they weren't playing team ball with it. Like they were just like, "Aye, right, your turn, Lou. Aye, qua, right, you go. Aye, right, PG, now your turn. Trez, take it in the post."
1: He <laughs> yeah. missed two point blank layups. Like, like got all the way there and just just choked on them.
0: I mean. <laughs> you can go down this Clippers box score and no one performed like Marcus Morris, two for nine, Kawhi six for 22, Paul George, four for 16. Harrell actually went seven for 10, but still watching that game. Yeah. I did not think he played well.
1: That doesn't, it doesn't count. Like, I don't care what the numbers tell me. I watched the game. That's what I'm saying. Defensively. He wasn't good. Offensively. Like, that's where the numbers can lie to you, because you and I both watched that game and you didn't feel his impact
0: at all, did you? Hell no, I didn't feel his impact all series.
1: Um, I think he's a big candidate for, hmm, should have stayed out the bubble, it cost me a couple dollars.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, because there were people legitimately saying after we won six man and had a really, really good regular season, that man is this guy like maybe gonna get like near a max from a bad team? He's not gonna get that anymore. He's not gonna get close to that. Oh, the bubble has taken out
1: the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, and the Sixth Man, and we're not even into ra- we just started round three tonight.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I, oh, man, I, I like, I can't believe it. This Clippers team, I was. A fool for picking them non-stop. I picked them at the start of the year. I felt confident about it because I was like, hey, this is the best team I think. I think Kawhi's the best player in the league, and I think it's a good pick. The season got suspended, I said. If it resumes, or I guess we can talk about heading into the bubble when we knew it was going to resume, I still picked the Clippers. They looked shaky throughout the bubble, but heading into the playoffs, I was like, look, this team's ceiling is still, I think, the highest in the league, so I'm still going with them. And even heading into tonight, I was like... I think it's going to be close, but I'm still going with the Clippers and I'm still picking them to win the finals. And I I am a fool for believing in them because time after time again, they showed me, like we said at the beginning, they're fraudulent.
1: Well, I am a fool with you because I, too, picked them at the beginning of the season. And do you know what happened when I found out we were doing the bubble? I couldn't wait to double down. The only issue Kawhi ever has is that he doesn't, he needs more rest than the average player. I was like, he just got three months off. Right. Kawhi's going to kill everything. I couldn't wait to double down on Bubble Kawhi and the Clippers. And then going into tonight, I was like, I mean, yeah, they blew these last two games, but are they really going to lose? No way. Yep, here I am looking goofy.
0: So Denver, the first team ever to complete. Two 3 1 comebacks in one playoff run. And let me share a stat with you, or I guess it's kind of three stats. The second half scores of the last three games. And I know this is a big conversation point for everyone, so it's no surprise, but let me just like read to you the legitimate, the actual scores so you can see how crazy it is. So, game five, Denver wins the second half 67 49, 18 points. Game six. They win the second half, 64-35, 29 points. Tonight, they win the second half, 50-33, 17 points. They killed them in the second half. And that's like, that is past where like the point where you're like, yeah, they just go into the locker room and make good adjustments. That is like, they go into the locker room and get some sort of Drew Brees-level pregame speech. Like, I don't know what happens. All right, so I have two things here.
1: First of all, Mike Malone outcoached Doc Rivers, and Amazing. I want to come back to that. I want to come back to that. But this Malone, Jokic, Murray core only knows how to play game sevens. Since the three of them have gotten together, they have not had a series not go the distance.
0: Yeah, both last They're year and both only this year here
1: for game sevens.
0: Yeah.
1: But I, Mike Malone, really out coached like he just made all the right adjustments the rotations I thought Michael Porter Jr.'s quote earlier in the series was a really big issue I thought that that's something you handle internally you don't go speak to the media and Mike Malone I don't know what he did but it didn't turn into a thing where I thought it really should have especially since they were down 3-1 at the time
0: yeah, can, like, we are not talking about that more, how Michael Porter got absolutely killed for that. And, I mean, rightfully so. Like you said, it wasn't the place, wasn't the time. But we did not oh, hear I- about it. We did not hear about it, like, a day after. Like, we did not hear about it because this Denver team just didn't let it leak out. They didn't make it an issue. No one talked about it. And, like you said, Mike Malone handled it, and this Denver team was mature, and they handled it too.
1: And more importantly than that, the next game, Michael Porter sucked but he hit a giant wing three
0: and not only that you saw on that play Jokic was looking to swing it to Murray and Murray was hammering the point towards MPJ because he had Lou Will on him and like you said yeah he hit the big three
1: but it's man so you know I'm running the trade pod yeah and I, I really like Michael Porter. I really do worry about his back and his inability to slouch, sit, do anything that he should be able to do at 21 years old. And one of the guests off mic suggested, if you were Denver, would you sell high on MPJ right now? And we both agreed that if they beat the Clippers in this series, you can't, but had they lost, An
0: MPJ trade, like, I don't know if his value's ever going to be this high again. Yeah, I mean, even off a win here, like, I think I might. Like, depending on how high his trade value gets after this next series or potentially the finals, like, if you can trade him and package for, I don't know, a guy like Beal, I I don't think Washington's trading him, but I'm just saying that level of player, I think you still do it because a Murray, Beal, Jokic, big three, that is... (laughs) We see what they do. Imagine they add Beal to this. Yeah, and the, the issue with uh, Porter Jr. in
1: most trades is that he's on his rookie deal, so you have to attach something yeah. else of large value contract-wise to bring in an already established star, unless you go rookie deal for rookie deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That This isn't the trade pod, but I thought it was a fun topic. Oh, man, this... I, like, I have, like, jitters this game was so exciting. It,
0: like, it doesn't even make sense. I, I'm going I'm, to – okay, this is my take, and this is what I'm taking away off this series. And I don't think you'll disagree with me, but I know there are people who will still disagree with me, and I don't care. Nikola Jokic is a Tier 1 star. Like, this guy – is a Tier 1 star, and he does it so unconventional. He's not going to size you up at the top of the key and take you away for 30, but he's going to get his points in other ways. The way he controls the offense, like he he's the best passer in the league, and then the way he controls the boards, he is unbelievable. So is he... Has he surpassed
1: Anthony Davis to you? Because I've seen a lot of this on Twitter. Like if Davis was on the Nuggets right now, they would have been home a week ago.
0: And I was talking to a friend about that during this game. And I think that's I think that statement's factual. I think if you swapped Jokic and AD, there'd be no question about the Lakers going to the finals and Denver would be out. But at the same time when you say who's better between Jokic and AD, I still want to lean AD even with that. But man, he actually might be. conventionally better. He's
1: conventionally, like the way we think of basketball, he's better. But when, so one thing that I don't like when you just do a complete swap is this Denver team is built around Jokic. So when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, and Steph would be out, and they'd say, but look at how the Warriors' record isn't the same without Steph. As great as Durant is, that Warriors' team was built around Steph. So this Denver team is built around Jokic's Jokic's strengths. So like a complete swap, I think Denver is out. Mm -hmm. Because I don't... Those guys just aren't going to mesh with Davis the same way that they mesh with Jokic because they're built for Jokic, like gary harris is almost it is a very uniquely serviceable partner for him because he's such a good cutter the non-conventional point guard i i imagine if it was a davis murray pick and roll as much as i'd love kentucky i'd wind up hating jamal murray
0: That pick and roll works perfect because especially when Murray's playing like that, I mean, when Murray's playing like that, it's hard for anything to not work. But that pick and roll is so perfect because you can't blitz it and you can't trap him because he can just hit Jokic and Jokic is the best decision maker in the league. And he can shoot, he can pass, he can drive, he can put up one footers, he can throw the ball over his head. Like (laughs) This guy can do it all. Like, Where does he rank amongst the top offensive players in the league? Offensively, he's got to be in your top. Five. Like
1: the issue is defense, and I thought they did a nice job defensively clogging up the paint. The Clippers had to take a lot of driving kick threes. Their shooters weren't making them, but those were the shots that Denver wanted to give up. They didn't give up a lot at the rim today.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been horrible this series. I'll say that, and he looked really bad at the beginning of the Utah series. But I do think part of that had to do with. Gary Harris not being there and I told I t- I was talking to some friends after Utah went up 3-1 I was like I don't think Denver wins the series but I think they make a bit more of a series out of it cuz Gary Harris is coming back and obviously they ended up winning the series and Gary Harris has been a menace defensively but offensively he's really helped them too like if he's shooting like this and Jeremy Grant shooting like this and Millsap even put in a couple threes like this team is so hard to beat Well, me and you haven't talked
1: uh, since Game 6. Millsap saved their season. They were dead in the water, and then Millsap just... The same way Murray kind of took over the second quarter tonight, Millsap just kind of decided, hey, I don't want to lose going into the third quarter of Game 6.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I love about this Denver team is it is full of players who can impact a game in so many ways like Jeremy Grant, Jokic, Millsap. Murray if he's going to impact the game it's going to be his scoring, but when like Gary Harris, like if you look at this team, Tory Craig, like they are full of guys who will you look at the box score and you're like wow, he he was all right, but then you actually watch the game, and you're like, you just you're blown away because Jokic might have been the best player this series. Like he probably was. I don't think it's a question. I think he
1: is I think he outplayed everybody on the court this series including Kawhi.
0: So uh I kind of need to find a way to turn um you know that okay you know that voice that apple comes with when you hold down the home button and does commands for you? Yeah. So anytime I say the word um series she pops up on my computer and it's so annoying. I need to find a way to turn that <laughs> off. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there um but yeah this uh this game was amazing and like I said before the Clippers defense was absolutely just in shambles they they couldn't find guys in transition off pick and rolls they were losing either the pop man or they weren't coming hard enough off Murray, they were dropping off him or they were letting Murray switch onto a big or they were losing guys weak side. And this is not what we expected of the Clippers. When this team was put together, we said, this is like the best collection of perimeter defenders we've seen. And (laughs) they did not show it at all this game. Bro, there's definitely tweets
1: from me saying, can you imagine you run a 1-3 pick and roll to get Beverly off you and then Kawhi comes up? So you're like... Oh, man, but then Paul George is over there in the help. Those tweets exist, and Jamal Murray must have read them and said, yeah, I imagine that happens, and I keep shooting their heads off.
0: Yeah, now uh, the real scary thought, which uh, good job, Kawhi, would be, could you imagine if you get Kawhi switched off you, and then OG Ananobi's the next guy, and then you somehow get past him, and then Kyle Lowry's there to take a charge? Oh, I'm still... (laughs) Like, I don't want to be salty about it because, I mean, we still got a chip last year and we still had a very good title run this year, despite how, like, kind of lackluster that last series was. But, man, I just, I can't imagine what this Raptors team would be like with Kawhi. Oh,
1: man. They, they would have been the favorite in the
0: East. Yeah, I think th- I think they would have won it all, honestly, because I don't think Pascal has nearly these same struggles of a guy like Kawhi's there. I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs. Pascal and Kawhi were one of the best duos. They were setting all sorts of duo scoring records, and Pascal's not that number one guy. I We released that Playgrounder YouTube video. It's also on this podcast feed of how he's not a superstar, but he can still be a number two guy. He can still be a Pippen. And it's funny because I was listening to the Ringer NBA show and Chris Vernon was saying this exact same thing of how Pascal's more of a Pippin, he's not a Jordan, and people look at that as such an indictment, but it's like, yo, Pippin's a Hall of Famer, is a multi time all star. Like saying you're a Pippin is not a diss whatsoever.
1: No, no, not at all. <clears throat> all right, you want to see something cool? I've I'm been ready. working on my segue game. Okay. So Denver was a master class in team building. You got Jokic in the second round. Gary Harris is a late first rounder. But there's another team in this playoffs that has done even better building from not the lottery. Your Miami Heat.
0: Your Miami Heat. Can we take in? We just watched that game seven and it wasn't even the best game of the night. Like it probably was just because it was a game seven. But if you take out that context, (laughs) this first game was better.
1: And this is just two completely different styles of team building. Jason Tatum, high lottery pick. Jalen Brown, high lottery pick. Kemba, the eighth pick. And then you get Smart to... Smart even
0: went like top three or six. something. Marcus Smart is Was number six? six. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: like It's just a smorgasbord of top picks. And then you get to Miami and it's Kendrick Nunn, Jimmy Butler's number 30, undrafted uh, Duncan Robinson um bam and hero or lottery picks but they're late lotto picks um goran dragic late in the first i believe might even be a second i think he was a second yeah it's just two completely different styles of team building
0: so i want to do uh i want to do an exercise with this series because i've seen this kind of floated around so i want to draft these players with you and
1: this is in my notes
0: I don't want to do like a team building draft, but legitimately just the best player on the board we pick. So um, this because is this it is, it is intriguing because it's like, who's the best player? Who's the second best? Who's third? So I'll let you have the first pick. Uh, like if we were just picking names out of a hats, not building a team, who would you take first as the best player in this series?
1: I really want to say Jason Tatum. I really want to say, Jay- as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go with my gut and I'm going to stick with Tatum.
0: So, I if I had the first pick, it would be between Tatum and Butler for me. And I think Tatum has the higher ceiling, and I think he's more talented. But I think if you're asking me, in a conference finals who I want on my team more, it's probably Jimmy Butler. And he showed that tonight. So, I'll go Jimmy yeah. second.
1: All right. And then Kemba for me next. If you take Jimmy off the board, it's Kemba.
0: Yeah, I would probably go Kemba, but even then I would have a debate between him and Bam. And Bam didn't really look that great tonight, but he still performed great, so I'd probably take Bam fourth.
1: And then this is where it gets kind of tricky for me. I I think it's Jalen Brown for me.
0: It, pro- it probably is for me, too, but it is close between him and Goran, especially with the way Drogic is playing. Like, I might have taken Drogic over him just from the way he's been playing these playoffs, but as a whole, I, I would take Brown, too. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Drogic next. Let's go uh, two more picks, one each.
1: As much as I love Tyler Hero, to me, Duncan Robinson's gravity is just so important in this series for Miami, who's a team not known for its shooting ability. So I think Duncan Robinson, even though he was two of seven tonight, just the way you have to guard him, you don't help. He makes he makes your defenders think. Like, it's you're hammered in from a very young age that if you're on the weak side, one foot in the paint, and you close out hard to shooters... If you do that with Duncan Robinson, he's going to shoot your head off.
0: He, so I'm Duncan yeah. Robinson. Um, I'm really surprised you didn't go Marcus Smart. So I'll take him next. Um, and Marcus Smart probably is the fourth best player on this team. But the ways looked this playoffs between the Toronto series and this game, he might be their best player between the Toronto series and this game. He was their best player in the Toronto series for sure.
1: I so Tatum scored the most and had he had a night a big double double with 30 and 14. Um when you talk about feeling a player and their impact on the game, I felt Marcus Smart more tonight.
0: I felt him more the entire Toronto series and even his stats were sometimes the best.
1: But like tonight like I just felt they swing it to Marcus Smart at the top of the key. Boom, big 3. It's over on the right wing. Another big 3. What did how many threes did he make? He literally, Six of had,
0: he literally had 10 of their first,
1: like, 16 points. Like, I just felt his impact more than, like, and I thought Jason Tatum was great tonight. He was. Aside from, um, I didn't like some of his shot selection, but I, I had that issue with Boston as a whole towards the end of the game. I didn't like the, Kembo, the Kemba ISO on uh, Jay Crowder, where Jay Crowder gets the block. Um, I think I wanted the ball in Tatum's hands there to begin with. But then the next trip, Tatum gets the ball and gets a bad shot anyway. He
0: gets a pull-up three where he dribbled out the clock. So speaking of Jay Crowder, what a pickup for this team. Like, I know he – maybe he was in Miami's eyes, but in all the news and all the rumors we heard – they were going after Iggy in that trade, and Crowder was either a throw-in or he was a number two. Of yeah, let's re- like I really like this guy, but he's been the best player from that deal, and these playoffs he's been unbelievable. Do you remember who Miami really wanted at the trade deadline?
1: Uh, after the Iggy trade, wasn't it Gallo? They really wanted Gallo. Those minutes. Like, as good as Gallo is, he's not the defender that Crowder is. And Crowder's been on fire.
0: He is shooting 40% from three of these playoffs.
1: And he's getting good, clean looks. But, like, if that's what he's going to bring to the table, if he's going to defend that hard, even if he's not elite anymore on defense, if he's going to defend that hard yes. and then not hurt you, your floor spacing, you can't ask for more.
0: So, he's taken 83 field goals these playoffs. 83. Guess how many of those were threes.
1: I mean, he's not putting the ball on the floor much. I'm going to say like what, 70?
0: 75 out of his 83 field goals are three-point attempts. He is the he is putting on a clinic for the definition of a 3 and D player. Just space the floor shoot 40% on your threes and then play hard defense. Like that is the definition of three and D.
1: But like, that's like the culture Miami builds.
0: Know your role.
1: Can we talk about the band block?
0: We, We have to. And magic Johnson tweeted how that's the best individual defensive play he's ever seen in the playoffs. And as much as I can't think of any off the top of my head, um, I, I just... Except for when LeBron destroyed Iguodala's layup. Well, here's my thing. That, within the context, I think is better. But I don't know. Bam was literally fully outstretched on his arm. His hand was all the way tilted back. And, like, you have to, like... If we're switching positions where that Iggy layup is a D- Iggy dunk and Bam's there meeting him at the rim, we think of that block better than this LeBron block. You know what I'm saying? Like, within the context, that LeBron block's way better. But I still think that Bam block is better just as a single play.
1: Like, that's one of the rare moments that basketball can create that other sports just can't. Like, this is two super athletic guys, and they both get – it looked like the thing that kids do when you get the low rim, and you're like, I can dunk on you on this. Because it's – what did Tatum do to dust off Jimmy Butler? Because he left Jimmy Butler – and he got a full head of steam, and like Bam rotates over. It was just miraculous, beautiful basketball. I can't. Uh, somebody tweeted me that they can't wait to for it to come out as like a poster or a picture. I'll make that my screensaver. I I, I will really make that my screensaver.
0: Have you seen the uh, the still shot of like just the hands with the ball in the rim?
1: I have not seen that.
0: Like Bam's hand is literally like like lined up with the rim flat and he's just holding the ball up while Tatum like throws it down. Like Tatum literally had that ball like dunked, but bam, just like he He was just there. I don't know how he had enough strength to extend his arm fully backwards, like fully outstretched behind him and his hand and his wrist was fully bent backwards. And he still managed to get the block. And that was for the tie too. Like that was so clutch. Do you know what would have
1: happened if that was a mere mortal like me or you trying to block that? He would have I, broke my arm into the
0: rim. I mean, I wouldn't even got up that high; as nuts would have been in my face.
1: Um, where do you stand on the the off ball foul that let the Celtics tie it up with uh, eight seconds left or whatever to force regulation uh, overtime?
0: So that rule is really, really hard because it gives the offense such an advantage. And I do, I do think it's fair to give them the ball and then, or give them the shot plus the ball, because other than that, you could just easily foul like that if you need, you know, free throws and run no time off the clock. So I think it is fair because you would see that foul be committed a lot. And I think end of games would just be a mess, but yeah, I don't know. I think it probably was a foul. He ran through him. I don't know. What do you think about it?
1: It definitely was a foul. Uh, And the thing about that is you can't give up the – you have to have the rule like that simply because it's not about the off-ballness. It's about them being able to choose who they foul.
0: That too, yeah. You
1: find the bad free-throw shooter, and then you accidentally bump into that person because it wasn't Tatum that got knocked over. Tatum was all the way back at the other end of the court.
0: Yeah, it was smart, right?
1: Yeah, but he's the free-throw shooter. Because you want to dispel, you want to discourage them from trying to just find the bad free throw shooter. But it did take, it takes a lot of the pressure out of that situation for the Celtics. It went from we're down one and we have to play with a sense of urgency to look, we'll dribble out the clock and we'll shoot a shot if it goes in. Like they started playing with house money.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I uh, I came into this series predicting Celtics in seven, and I'm I was super iffy on it. Like I didn't know where to go. I think it's going to be a seven game series, and I just picked Boston because I think they have probably better top end talent as far as scoring. But I really I don't even know. Like I, it's such a wash for me. Um, maybe I'll go Miami, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm just making a rash change off of one game. But I just. I don't know. And if I had to make a prediction, I guess I'll stick with Boston because that's what I went with at the beginning. But I saw at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh, man, Boston is going to take this team's lunch money. Like, I think we're going to really, really realize how good Toronto's defense was. And I still think we are realizing that. Like, some of these shots Tatum was getting and how he was scoring tonight, he was not getting the entire Toronto series. Like, he was working for his buckets. So.
1: Oh, I'm sure he feels some sort of relief now. Like, when you can get away from, a like, a stifling defense like that.
0: Well, and that's even, like, with Jimmy Butler on him, who's still a fantastic defender. But when you can get away from, like, OG and Pascal and Kyle Lowry, like, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of relief that comes with that.
1: I took Boston at the beginning of the series. I still believe that they will win this series. Feel, I don't feel like they blew this game. I actually... Think this was just a well-played game. It was. By Miami, Jimmy Butler hit a big corner 3 and then that and one. Oh, what a, what a move. How did that go in? He just ran right through Tatum.
0: He's a he's a he's a gamer. He is a gamer. Like he you do not think of him as a tier 1 star and you probably still don't, but when the playoffs hit, he sure as hell performs right up near that level.
1: What every time Jimmy Butler does something like insanely cool basketball wise, I just think about cat. I just think about like how soft cat must be that like Jimmy was there and he was just like, "Nah, this isn't really the kind of dude I want to hoop with.
0: Could have been such a good duo too. like just from a skill perspective, like Towns is unbelievable.
1: But he's soft. You
0: said that's so
1: sad.
0: <laughs> he is.
1: They called him Carl Kardashian at Kentucky.
0: Oh man, I did not know that.
1: And like this isn't like some like insider information. No, like the Louisville Carrier Journal wrote a piece about it, like toting him as the number one pick. Like he's gotten so much tougher. Like when he was coming out of the draft, they were like. Yeah, he's got so much tougher from the guy that used to call Carl Kardashian at the beginning of the season.
0: Would you rather be called Carl Kardashian or have a viral video of you getting your ass slapped button naked on the change room floor, go around?
1: Can I be Bam? I don't want to be Davis or Cat I... <laughs> can I be Bam?
0: <laughs> yeah, you can be Bam. He's a hooper, Everything man. He's Bam so good.
1: Bam. His name is
0: Bam. Yeah, that that's that's amazing in itself.
1: Ed Rice at a bio.
0: Yeah, this uh, this series is going to be a fun one. I think the Western Conference finals will be a fun one. Uh, We won't get too much into that because Thursday we have uh, someone coming on to help us preview it. So that'll be fun. But let's uh, how about we'll just we'll just dive into your predictions for for that one. Just say what you think is going to happen.
1: I'm taking the Lakers. This seems like the window really opened up for LeBron to get another ring. Which is weird because we just watched the Nuggets beat the Clippers. But I still feel like it's the easier path for LeBron was is through the Nuggets. But maybe I'm just still underrating them.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Because I'm like, yeah, I th- I'm taking Lakers in six. And I think they would much rather play the Nuggets. But is this still us just underrating how good Jokic and Murray and this team is? I, I, just, I don't know. This team is amazing. I really, my heart really really wants to say the nuggets just because i want to see them make the finals i love Jokic, but my head is telling me still pick the lakers in five or six
1: all right so this is something i've been throwing around in my head for a while um i don't know how familiar you are with like jamal murray's upbringing with his dad and the kung fu movies and like make a million free throws in the snow backwards while i throw darts at you yeah Murray's issue has been consistency. We'd agree on that, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because his highs are insanely high, but then he can follow it up by just the lowest of lows.
1: Do you think the bubble is the ideal atmosphere for somebody that's was like trained on that kind of stuff? Like he did, he didn't have TV. They watched old NBA games in kung fu. Now he's just in the bubble. There's nothing else to distract him. Is that why we are seeing... Do you think that could be part of the reason we're seeing the best basketball of Jamal Murray's career?
0: Yeah, I think it could partially be that. I think it could also partially just be a young guy in a quieter atmosphere, because those road playoff moments are just crazy for young guys, because we, we see what playoff experience does, um, especially when crowds are in stadiums. And I think it's partially just... I think he's slowly been building up to this. Obviously not two fifty point games in a series and then like three forty point games within the playoffs, but I think it has partially to do with that, yeah, partially to do with the atmosphere, and then partially just to do with the improvement of himself, yeah.
1: Yeah, guys get better.
0: Right. Well, I uh <laughs> I man, I love Kawhi being a Raptors fan, but I grew to strong it is like this Clippers team this Clippers team carried themselves like a championship team all year and they weren't one they were a team that didn't take the regular season seriously they're like ah, finish one two three it doesn't matter we'll roll through and they learned playing Dallas and Denver was a much much harder path than Portland and Houston
1: man they ran into two really tough offensive teams and they never got it together defensively like, I always go back to I just thought that they would just clamp people up on the perimeter. And I know that's very hard to do in basketball. Like, good offense beats good defense nine times out of ten. But they just never – some teams look like they're operating on, like, a pulley system. Like, I rotate here, and it almost automatically moves the next man into where I was. And we – The Clippers beautiful. never got to that – level defensively
0: if you took away the two la teams out of just the west dallas and denver might be who i say are the two best teams like i'm not i was not ever as big on houston as some people were like i legitimately might say it's dallas and denver especially with dallas at full health with Kristaps playing
1: man offensively like the way basketball is going those two teams are they're they're similar teams actually.
0: They yeah. Led by a led by a really underrated looks out of shape, but he's not European. <laughs> That's true. Man, Jokic is a doughy guy, too. Yeah, and he's slimmed down a lot. Um anyways, do you have anything to add from either of these two games or if you got it all off your chest? I just uh, this is this was a good night of basketball. This was a beautiful night of hoops. And we. Uh... I think I
1: got it, said everything I got to say. Uh, don't forget to check out the Playgrounder NBA Trade Pod. We had episode one uh, just released yesterday. Well, you guys are probably hearing this Wednesday, so it released Monday. I had uh, Zach from TradeNBA.com on, and he was awesome. He pitched us to he pitched us to Fun Trade, and then Riley McInerney pitched us the another one. Uh, and look out for next Monday's episode and please send in some fun trades.
0: Yeah, and as always, check out playgrounder.com. We got um, stuff going up on the website and we may be getting a nice little website remodeling. I'm not going to say too much, but uh, it's going to come out looking a little more beautiful within these next few weeks, hopefully. Uh, at Playgrounder NBA on Twitter, at The Playgrounder on Instagram, and another thing I'm not going to hint too much at, but get ready for another podcast under the playgrounder network that's all i'm gonna say there's uh there's another one in the works that could very well be up within this next week so uh that is
1: exciting
0: we got good stuff going on over here man we got a lot going on so uh yeah stay plugged in and the playgrounder youtube channel we're getting that up and rolling too so uh man we're going all over the place aren't we
1: we're making moves
0: uh, well, uh another night off on Wednesday with no basketball, but then it looks like we're going every other day for the conference finals until one of the series or both of the series is done, and then we're here for the NBA finals.
1: We stayed up till the morning, talking till the first light of dawn. just like